All right, welcome back to another episode of Against the Ropes. I am Gio Garcia. I am alongside Christian Mosqueda. Episode 70, right? 70. We are back, back in the studio. Happy New Year, everybody. And we got some special guests, right? Some gentlemen here. He almost (laughs) joked. (laughs) Hurt, you could tell. I was going to say very special guests, but I'm like, nah, not yet. Downgraded. Yeah. (laughs) We got a lead writer for Supreme Boxing co-host of Just Boxing Live, Mr. Anthony Stacks. Saldana. Hit him with that round of applause, man. Yes, sir. Welcome, man. First time here. Man, yeah, first time, man. I finally got invited. Yeah. He asked how many times? Sean's been here like 12 and, you know. We always tell Sean to bring you, but he's all like, "Mm, he's busy. I just tell him Stacks said no this time. Yeah. (laughs) Not this time. He's, he's a he's little too, busy. He's too busy. You know, he did try to start a beef between us. We, <laughs> yeah, he did, we, He did. We yeah. thought you didn't like us, and you probably thought we didn't like you. He's like, you know those guys? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know them. Ooh, he says he don't know you. <laughs> you know what it is, right? Divide and conquer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, we have Mr. Sean Fitzgerald here, host of Just Boxing Live. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. By popular demand. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What's new? Man, yeah. new year in boxing. New Starting year. off strong. I think we had, what, one weekend off the beginning of January, and now I think for like 52 weeks straight we're going to have boxing on all major networks. I mean, Yeah, yeah I didn't know what to do with myself that, that, that weekend. I was like, man, there's no boxing. Like, what do I do? Man. Hey, girl, you want to kick it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. Oh, now you want to hang out. <laughs> and then you took her to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fun. That was It's fun. all good. <laughs> oh, that's right. All you cats were in Vegas no. checking out Tyson Fury, right? G- you were. Gio didn't go, man. Oh, you didn't go? Oh, G- yeah. I no, sent Gio my camera crew over there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. The camera crew. do the light work. <laughs> you can't go to Vegas twice in a, in a calendar month. <laughs> yeah. It's rules. Yeah. Rules. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. so what, what happened in Vegas? With the, uh, with the with uh, the uh, meet and greet, not other. I was oh, gonna say, we'll get into that later on. You're yeah. not supposed to ask that. Yeah, <laughs> what happens in Vegas, you know? Exactly. Oh, now nah, the meet and greet was cool, man. Yeah. Um, it was for a uh, Capatil gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out there, he is actually Tyson Fury's cut man, and um, he's a he's a big supporter in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, he helps a lot of kids out. Um, he ran across a financial burden for his gym, so <coughs> I don't know, just like. 48 hours before that whole meet and greet, the WBC got together and said, hey, man, let's take Tyson Fury out there. Let's do a little meet and greet. Let's try to raise some money to save the gym. So uh, had a lot of people go out there. Um, the meet and greet was actually free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was donations to ha- take a picture with them or get autographs. They raised some money. Um, had a few people go out there, and I think they took care of them for like six months, and then somebody else took care of them for six months, and then uh, Rick... Uh, forget his last name he's the manager of uh jose ramirez he showed up him and his crew and like three rolls royces and wrote a few checks yeah and damn it was cool man it, it was a good thing you know because uh he uh he did a tyson uh he saved tyson's ass in that last fight man oh yeah yeah you know so that that cut was was nothing nice and uh mm-hmm. capatio did what he had to do to uh to keep that fight from being stopped and Tyson losing that fight because it would have been a, a technical knockout if they yeah. would have had to stop the fight because it was caused by a punch. So now yeah. he's going to be making 
millions yeah. and millions going yeah, up against exactly. Wilder the second time. So yeah, just basically the least he can do. And, you know, Tyson was – he was cool about it, man. Once – I don't even think Capatio asked him. Somebody else asked him. He jumped on the opportunity to help out Jorge. So it was, it was a good event, man. dope. Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, if there wasn't a word for Cutman of the Year, that's – that's Capetillos, without a doubt, because that that was a nasty, you know, gash and early any other too. And early happened so early, yeah. He kept targeting, and so any other fighter that that fight could have been stopped. So yeah. now it you also could have been disqualified, man. I mean, mm-hmm. the cat was like openly raking his eye in the cut, oh, trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. Now you guys have a, an actual award, right? Supreme Boxing for Cutman of the Year. Is that right? No, no, you don't have one. Not I for saw that somewhere else. Yeah, that's the one I didn't see. Oh, that was the wannabe Supreme Boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I think there's an else. MMA magazine that's oh, doing it for okay, boxing okay, okay. MMA okay. cut, man. Okay. And Big Surge is yeah, in the running for that's that. The, that's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah, shout we have out a, to Surge Estrada. Yeah, yeah, big shout out to Surge, man. He does. Uh, he stays working, whether it's in boxing, whether it's in MMA. And uh, Surge is a good guy, man. He was uh, an Army medic for 22 years. Damn. So he was a combat Army medic, got out, suffering with uh, PTSD, and mm. uh, had to do something, man, and decided to go into boxing and been a cut man for boxing so good dude man he stays out there where i stay out there in apple valley so shout out to the hood that's right i'm god in there (laughs) (laughs) don't know who god is (laughs) or them is know who god is but not them not them (laughs) not them hey but but talk about broner did you see that man that he was asking people for ten dollars on his uh to please that he was doing bad and he needed ten dollars no way cash apple yeah and put his cash app on his Instagram. He's trolling, right? No, I don't know. I'm sure some people donated. I mean, he does have, he does have fans. Well, he did have to pay what two hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred fifty thousand to that young lady. Oh, that he yeah. didn't show up to court for. Uh, court How for? much? Two. Like a quarter million, I believe. Damn. So to put it in context, he did he assault a minor or did he assaulted somebody? Mm-hmm. And uh, he took a took him to civil court mm-hmm. and he never showed up so the judge ruled against him and awarded that young lady damn you, you guys remember money. when he passed up on that uh rock nation yeah. deal was it eight million four million per fight two fights a year something like that yeah i think it was 40 million yeah five fights. for five years right yeah five so, years something like that yeah, yeah that's when he didn't he have the quote where he said it was like slave labor or something like that yeah, yeah. Seen all types of stuff he's, that yeah. he was gonna make a lot more in the future yeah. that. so i was actually wrong he was hit with the eight hundred and thirty thousand dollar judgment eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars just for not showing up to court damn so now he's asking for donations yeah and hope that he can raise eight hundred thousand <sighs> crazy huh interesting are we gonna see him in the ring anytime soon I he has to so. pay someone eight hundred thousand dollars, so, so yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, he'll be in the ring. <laughs> where can he go? <laughs> There's one place Nowadays. I know where he can get that kind of money. It's in a boxing ring. So. Exactly. Yeah. No nah, man, somebody like him and uh, Blair the Flair Cobbs. Yeah. You know they can. Uh, they both. They're both shit talkers. You know they yeah. get in the ring and be an interesting fight. There's some interesting matchups at forty and at forty seven for Bronner. That's a pretty yeah. big step up. I mean, Broner's not nobody. You know what I mean? Just because no, he, yeah. he can't be Pacquiao yeah. and stuff like that, uh, that doesn't mean, like, Blair goes from where he's at to... Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, just like saying it's, it would be a good fight, you know? I mean, sure. I mean, Broner has only lost to Madonna, Pacquiao, yeah. uh, Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who else? One more? He's I think it's fought a, to a draw, a draw with, with Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas. Yeah. Does he have a fourth loss? Might. I don't know. Sure. I don't remember. But Blair Cobbs is actually going to be on the undercard of uh, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. yeah. 
he's fighting a guy who's at 23 and 2. So that's I think that's a pretty that's a good pretty test. good step up. Yeah. I mean, Cobbs has like what 13, 14 fights fighting a, a, a vet. I think that's that's a pretty good step up. Yeah. And he's making noise too. But he was downed in his last fight. He was. He's shown some vulnerability a couple yeah. times. I Mike, think in previous fights. Mikey so. Garcia. That's the fourth loss. Yeah, Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. 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 Yeah. There you go. So I mean, that's world class competition we're talking <clears throat> about though. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. A step for up Adrian for sure. Broner. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Broner's always going to be marketable. I mean, people are going to want to. I'm know, watching his next fight. People are going to pay, <laughs> or they're going to tune in to see the bad guy. You know, get another whooping, uh, quote unquote. But um. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to really get on board with everything that's going on like behind the scenes. He's just you know what's interesting is I had hoped at one point in time to do like a decade show where we uh-huh. reflect on on things that happened in the decade. And one of the things I was wondering is what is the biggest disappointment of the decade? And I kind of expected for the people to come on that show mm-hmm. to say Adrian Broner, despite the fact that he had a lot of success in that decade too. Yeah, but on. I think people look at him and they tend to think of it as a letdown because. Uh, like what you hear or the narrative that gets spun yeah. by most people is that he could have been something more than what he is. Mm-hmm. Like he could have, he had the talent to go beyond uh, where he is, but he's actually yeah. accomplished a lot in yeah. boxing. He's fought a lot of big names, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a stretch maybe to call him that big of a disappointment. Like, I think it's just based on his persona. I mean, just or the stuff that happened outside the ring where you're just, you're just yeah. like, you're, 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 you have this platform. You know, and uh, we, you know, when you're young, you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna, do, but you're growing. That's you not know. an excuse, though. No, yeah, it's not, not an excuse. excuse. Yeah. No, but that's like the same thing people said about but, Shakur Stevenson, and yeah, yeah you know. But like, what I'm saying is, like, he's older now. He shouldn't be doing these things now. Yeah. How old is he now? Twenty, on his eight. Yeah, nine, I mean, eight? you could say that he shouldn't do them then either. Yeah, you yeah. Know? no, but I mean, like, it gets to a point like you're just like, why are you still doing that stuff now? Yeah. You kind of get that pass yeah. when you're young. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, I feel like some people give it to you. I'm not so inclined to get like I, Shakur Stevenson. Everybody kind of swept that under yeah, the rug. Exactly. And said, he's a young guy. Like mm-hmm. he's he, you know he's still learning. He's still yeah. doing all these. Like come on, like, man. You're talking about the video, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our video got taken down mm-hmm. on YouTube and Instagram. Oh really? Of Shakur. But yeah. The powers that be. We posted up the the surveillance videos of oh, him okay. beating up a dude and a woman, and they took it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people don't talk about it. Well, that's the powers that be right there. That's that's somebody in there. That's the, like, the machine the at machine work. At it, work. Ha- it happens, man. Yeah. They did a great job because nobody talks work. about it. Exactly. exactly. Like a uh, PR person. I was watching that uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary the other Ooh. night. Right? Yeah, yeah. They were talking about who can kill, you know, two people and then just go play a whole football season. That is. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm thinking to myself, Ray Lewis. <laughs> but guess what? It gets swept under the carpet. You know, I mean, yeah, they found him not guilty, but come on, man. Don King caught a couple bodies too, right? Yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice. Two times. He did serve uh, He did serve one, for I think, a six-year sentence yeah. for manslaughter the second time. Mm-hmm. First time, I think he got off. Yeah. yeah. It's like self-defense or something. They called it self-defense, yeah. yeah. I say they called it. I mean, allegedly, crazy, whatever, however you want to say it, I don't know what happened, but yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else watch that, Aaron? Yeah, Hernandez. I saw that. That's crazy, man. I've, I haven't watched it. I'm like the only person on the planet who hasn't you seen it. I haven't watched oh, it. I guess. But yeah, I did man. start listening to a podcast, which I think is pretty similar to that, where, where they talk about his infancy more, like w- the steps that yeah. led up to what happened, which is probably similar to the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And that happens, man, not just in football, but it happens in boxing as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have – with Aaron, it just seemed like it was a whole – a whole tragic turn of events from the time he was a kid to the CTE to everything he's seen. And it just, it led to 
his his self like imploding you mm -hmm. know and, and doing the things he did and i'm not making any excuses for him but yeah it's kind of the same way in boxing you know these boxers come come in and i've talked to sean about this we've talked about this plenty of times we as fans always see the outer physical elements that happen the broken hands the cuts mm -hmm. But we don't see the internal damage that these guys are taking. The trauma, you yeah. know, we or don't even the aftermath. You yeah. don't, you yeah. don't pay attention yeah. after they fought, two days after, three days after. You know, and then even events leading up to certain fights. You know, there was uh, one of the first fights I went to was uh, Canelo versus Cotto, and the night before there was some fights going on, and there was a cat that didn't even have a ride up to Vegas what? to go to his fight. He was stressing on his old lady. They were fighting on Facebook. They were fighting on social media. I ended up giving him a ride to Vegas. Me and Big Surge wow. ended up giving this cat a ride to, to, to Vegas. Mm -hmm. He took the first owl of his career. But it was, it's just all bad, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. If you're not focused, if you got other things going on, if you're doing dope, if, you know, if you're getting hit in the head, I mean, it's just can be a lot of little things that just lead up to to the violence you know what i mean you know speaking of that it's interesting because we were just talking about the biggest disappointments of the decade mm -hmm. and i said how some people may say like adrian broner to me it's like edwin valero oh like yeah. I, you look at what edwin valero what he had the potential to do <clears throat> and and it was right at the beginning of the decade you know that that it basically all this went down but you look at what he was kind of ready to accomplish in his career and the the platform that he was he was just beginning to get on yeah. And then you see how things turned out, and it's it's heartbreaking in so many different ways, you know. But Edwin Valero is like one of the biggest disappointments of the oh, decade no. to me, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. I think he was uh, slated to fight Pacquiao, right, at one point. Yeah, at I, one point. I I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how true that is or wasn't because he was always compared to Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, By mm -hmm. that time, Pacquiao was already kind of fighting at heavier weights. Um, had kind of went up to 140 and was getting ready to do 147. So I don't know how realistic that is, but. I will say that I can, in the few fights that I got to see Edwin Valero, he was explosive. Yeah. He was exciting to watch. I can see why people would make that comparison stylistically. Mm -hmm. Not that he would have become like an eight division world champion, but you could see he was primed. He was like ready to yeah, do yeah, yeah. to do something, um, you know. And then he had some incidents with head injuries, mm -hmm. things like that. And then of course, you know, the tragedy in the way that his family and his life ended. And you look at it and you just go, you know, it's so disappointing for so many reasons it yeah. really is and then you see fighters afterwards after their career right and i was talking a little bit about this with christian rodriguez in in vegas and it's like i had wrote an article a few years ago and talks about de la Hoya. it was right after de la Hoya had got arrested for that dui in pasadena right and these fighters that go into the ring and they're at that championship level fighting in front of 10 15 000 <coughs> people they reach a certain high and then when they're not in that ring fighting anymore, they have to look mm -hmm. for that yeah. for that same that high, high, whether it's alcohol, <clears throat> whether it's the drugs, whether yeah. it's the coke, whether whatever it is, you know, they have to try to find yeah. that high again, yeah. you know. And you get hit a certain amount of time, you start getting that pugilistic dementia setting in. Mm. You start having different types of chemicals release in your brain, and that's what leads to the crazy thoughts, the suicide, the drugs, everything else. I mean, um, I think Christian was asking Tyson Fury about it, and he yeah. was talking about during the holidays that he was starting to fall back into depression, yeah. mm -hmm. and he needed to get back in the ring. And as soon as he got back into training camp in January and he came out here to Vegas, 
he was starting to feel normality again. Yeah. You know, he wasn't in that dark spot anymore. Yeah, it's almost like as like these these kinds of uh, people need that structure, keep busy, yeah. stay busy, because you can't leave them al- alone for too long. Like with with Aaron, uh, I guess they, it was bad for him to be so close to home. They were hoping that he would move um, west, right? To find a team that kept them busy, kept that structure, kept them out of trouble in, in, in a sense. Yeah, so. and, and going back to that, it re- reminds me of Mike Tyson, because I don't know if you guys watch his podcast. He talks about that a lot. Like when people ask him, do you still hit the heavy bag? Do you still jog, go running? He's like, I try to stay away from it because mm. all that kind of gives me flashbacks. Like I want to just turn into that killer in the ring again. You know, like I just try to stay away from all types of competition. Just want to live in peace and not uh, re- remember all that that stuff that he was going through as a fighter see and i guess it affects everybody different you know because like with, with fury for instance he he needs it that's what he yeah that's what he mm-hmm. needs because when he's not in that place that's when he falls into a dark spot you know so i guess it just affects everybody different where mike tyson for instance like you're saying he wants to be away from it he doesn't want to be in those crowds and and be part of that hype and yeah he said he doesn't even go anywhere he's like, i don't want to be exposed to drugs parties alcohol nothing yeah that's a yeah. that's a good thing for him you know yeah, he's if, older if, i mean if that's he tears it up at the starbucks though i see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i seen that yeah he did that little i uh, still wouldn't want to take a punch from him i'll tell you that a little mm-hmm. bit of shadow boxing he was doing in there is oh, that what yeah. you call that man yeah. and, and it's crazy too because when tyson fury was on uh, i think he was on joe rogan he, they talked about the same thing too like uh, i think it was leading up to what was it what was it leading up to? I think it was leading up to the fight. Like, he was talking about coming back from depression, and then he was like, and then Joe Rogan kind of asked him jokingly, like, well, you're never going to go to that again, right? The drugs, the depression. He's like, hey, you never know. And it was just kind of like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, who knows? Like, I may win or lose and still feel down, you know? Yeah, yeah you don't choose it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah. don't, you don't choose to be depressed. It's, uh, uh, you know, so I, it's... From his standpoint, I think it's probably healthy to consider it like it's something that could happen at any time because there's a lot of things that you need to do to maintain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's aware know. of it, that yeah. it can happen. So There's a lot of things you need to do to maintain coming from kind of a place of personal experience, you know. Um, and I think that uh, if you if you lose sight of all the rituals and the things that make you healthy, then it's very easy to get unhealthy again. You know? And, you know, what makes it worse is when people that aren't fighting depression yeah try to tell you oh just go outside and get some fresh air (laughs) yeah just just get some sunlight just get some good vitamin d or whatever it's not that easy man i mean uh when you're not right in your mind and then you're you're trying to cope with narcotics or something else you know then you're really not right you know Mm -hmm. and it, it takes a minute to get back into that that normalcy if you ever do because it'll always sit in the back of your head i mean and it's People fight it for different reasons, you know. I mean, and I can't even imagine having the depression yeah. on top of the CTE, on top of drug use, yeah. on top of everything else, you know. So it's uh, and you have five million dollars at your reach that oh you can yeah. just, just yeah here. do whatever you want mm-hmm. with it. Well, give me an ounce of coke, you know. It's yeah, yeah. Going back to uh to the the Shakur and the young fighters getting that pass. Something was similar with Aaron Ray, where he had like a an incident where he was young and he got he got it he got a covered. And well, they kinda, drafted them. No, no, yeah, like but, these no, no. football teams know everything about you. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they know all this stuff is going on. So that makes me feel like feel it makes uh, uh, an athlete feel more invincible. Like ah, I, I can I get can, away with yeah, this. I can do whatever I want. I could, you know, it's, it's the money, man. Yeah, I'm still gonna play you know, for the Patriots. I'm still gonna make 
forty million dollars, still yeah. gonna win somebody, Super Bowl ring. Somebody had asked me about Manny Pacquiao mm-hmm. and about him fighting again. Um, you know, me and Sean have talked about we're as media, we're nobody to say when a fighter should retire. A lot of media are, members do. Lot, I just personally yeah, don't feel he, that he way. He personally yeah. doesn't feel that way. Um, I I think I have that as a media um, to give an opinion. Yeah. Right. But at in the end and in the long run, it's up to a fighter and it's up to his family members and to the people closest mm-hmm. to him to tell him, nah, man, this is this is it. You need this to stop. It. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is say it was Bob Arum, say he was still with top rank, even though he's with PBC and Bob just says, hey, you know what? I can't morally allow you to do this anymore under top rank. I can't allow you to fight anymore. After that fight with Thurman, he was shook. Even though he won that fight, during that post-press conference, he looked like he, wanted, like he was going to go into shock. He was mm-hmm. shivering. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to talk. It wasn't the normal Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. tell he was hurting, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, is, back to, like I was saying, if Aaron were to say, hey, can't morally allow you to do this, it's just like a racehorse, man. It's sad, but somebody else is going to pick him up. Yeah. Whether it's Golden Boy, whether it's, you know, PBC, whoever, somebody's going to make millions of dollars. There's still mm-hmm. money there to be made. Yeah. And they're going to make it because the fans want to see it. I mean, look at what De La Hoya did with uh, Tito and Chuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. What, yeah. Whether he made money on it, yeah. whether he flopped or whatever, I'm sure he, he, got, he got, paid. got paid. And it's also, I think, difficult because you have guys like Hopkins. Obviously, he's a rare breed, but... I'm sure most people are like, you don't have to fight anymore. Don't do it, right? And he went on and created history. You know, I understand most people aren't going to do that, but it's tough. Like, when, like I would stay out of that stuff. Like, I don't yeah. think I should have an opinion. Yeah, At the end I mean, of the day, I don't know them personally. So you, You'll hear me say things like, I really hope that he doesn't fight again. Cause that's true. There are some people where I'm like, I just don't want to see you get hurt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it comes from a place of respect yeah. and it's because yeah. I admire you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you look at guys like Mike Alvarado, you know, I've watched a lot of Mike Alvarado fights. I've watched a lot of them live hit some of the most memorable things like, you know, Rios and Alvarado one, I was there at that fight live and that will live with me. Ooh. You know what I mean? Forever. So yeah. that fight was fire. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so when you see him now, you know, and he's trying to make the comeback and he's older and you see the vicious knockout like in the last fight, you look at it and, and from a place of respect and also yeah. be, I kind of say, I hope I don't have to watch him fight again because, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to see him get hurt and that's that's where it comes from. But I'm not one to tell a fighter, you know, like Roy Jones Jr. who probably heard for years and years yeah, and years, yeah. uh-huh. you need to retire, hang it up. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, there's something inside these cats, you know what I mean? Uh, and And it's you know, they're exercising it. And, mm-hmm. and Roy kind of took a different approach. You know, he didn't fight world championship contenders for his entire career. Towards the end, he was fighting locally in Pensacola, yeah. fighting guys who, who weren't necessarily big-name guys. So, quote-unquote, journeyman. Type, yeah, yeah, things like that. And, you know, still drawing a crowd, people still coming out to see him. And at the end of the day, if he can do that in a way that is comfortable for him and it's, mm-hmm. and it's helping him, you know, exercise some of these, these problems that we know – fighters are going to have when it comes up to retirement and exercise whatever is going on you know in his heart then you know more power to him i'm not one to tell him like hey you need to you need to hang it up retire but there is a point at which you just i don't want to see guys take any more punishment and i don't want to see them risk their health beyond you know hopefully they they go on to live long and fruitful lives you don't want them to to jeopardize that that was my opinion with klitschko sorry stacks but people are like trying to cheer him on to come back. I'm like, what else do you have to prove? Exactly. Yeah. See, I mean, I agree with, with Sean to an extent there. 
if it's somebody like Roy Jones or somebody that takes those type of steps, yeah. where he's not he's not getting in with these championship level yeah. guys, right? That type of caliber of fighters, and he's fighting local shows and he's exercising, you know, those demons, and it's helping him out. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But when you have somebody like like Bam Bam Rios, you know, he brings out Mike Alvarado, so mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up Mike, uh, Bam Bam. We were yeah. in TJ for that fight against Humberto Soto, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I, I'm nobody to tell Bam Bam to retire, of course not, but I'm looking at the big picture. Where he, Where's he going to go at 47, right? Yeah. Who's he going to fight at 47? Is he going to fight Thurman? Is he going to fight Pacquiao? Is he going to fight Spence? Is he that top level? Or is he going to be a stepping stone for one of these young guys like Virgil and really get hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm looking at the big picture, like, you don't have nothing else to prove, yeah. you know, as far as me, you know, looking at the big picture to me, Bam Bam doesn't have anything else to prove. He's a warrior. He's been in wars. I respect him. And again, I don't want to see him get hurt. I'm nobody to tell him to retire, but maybe his team, maybe his family yeah. needs to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Look at your, look at your family. Look at your kids. Yeah. You might have something inside of you that wants to get back in the ring. But again, you need to weigh out those pros and cons. And look at some of these other guys that that have been hit way too much. You know, look at Bobby Chacon at the end of his career. But you the know. truth is, at the end of the day, that's 90% of the boxing population, right? You look at it, and there's there's all kinds of cats who don't have winning records. So if you look at uh, a given division, there's maybe 2,000 people that BoxRec says compete in the world. 500 of them have winning records, but all 2,000 of them are active. And it's not just guys who are old. There are young guys who just don't have it. And you can look at them and go, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to peak beyond where you're at right now. Yeah. Like you're, you're never going to be a world champion, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, like boxing, that's okay. Not everybody can be world, world champion, champion, right? Yeah. They're exercising. I think in any sport, that is, not yeah. everybody's going to be Michael Jordan. Be, that is yeah. okay. Right. That is yeah. okay. But when you've peaked and you have been at that championship level and you ain't there no more. Right. And you've been in these wars. Why continue to punish yourself? I can understand if the kid is 23 or 24 sure. and he's got a record of 12 and 12 and 13 and mm-hmm. he's had a bunch of tough fights and they're using him because, okay, he's got 30 fights under his belt. We're going to have him fight a kid that's mm-hmm. 11 and 0. Yeah, it's experience, kind of right? Experience Versus as, youth. as a, as a yeah, measuring yeah. stick. And you know that this kid's probably not going to hurt him. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But it's more of a, a training tool for a young kid. They're not throwing him in there with – you know, somebody that's 21 and 0 with 20 knockouts, you yeah. know, that it's yeah. going to sleep this guy for no yeah. damn reason. There's there's levels to it, and, there, and everybody has a place where if you've been in the game 12 years and you've been a world champion and now you're on the decline and you're on your way down and you're getting beat up by journeymen like Humberto Soto, why continue? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess at the same time, we really, we're kind of in violent agreement in the sense yeah. that nobody just, we don't want to see people go on to get hurt and be mm-hmm. permanently damaged for the rest of their lives. You know, yeah. like this is, we're not in the ancient Rome. I don't, I don't want to see yeah. men beat to death. I don't want to see cats, you know, get brain damage on TV. You know, yeah. I understand that part of this is entertainment, mm-hmm. but at the same time, anytime you hear me say, I, I don't really, I would hope to not see this yeah. fighter fight yeah. again. That's, that's where it's coming from. It's just yeah. because it's, respect, yeah, it's long-term you know? health and respect. And to me, especially, I don't want to see people come back who are doing greater things in boxing, Klitschko, Pacquiao, they're, you know, politicians in their countries trying to help them out. Like, yeah. I don't need to see it in the ring, honestly. Manny Pacquiao is one where I struggle with it because he definitely took a beating against Keith Thurman in a close fight that I thought that he won. But you also have to understand that he was fighting the man who was considered the number one yeah. welterweight in the world at the time. So you look at it and it's undefeated welterweight world champion. <laughs> 
um, who is arguably the number one, somewhere in the top three welterweights in the world. And, and that's who he won against. And yes, mm-hmm. it was a very difficult fight for Manny Pacquiao, but that fight wasn't going to be easy. You know, like it, like that, it wasn't going to be an easy fight for Manny. Yeah. So he came out on top of it. And I think at this point, that's got to be one of the most challenging things is knowing, hey, I, yeah. was, I was still good enough to beat the best welterweight in the world. Yeah. And I'm leaving millions of dollars and some other things on the table when I'm, I could arguably be number one right now. I could be number mm-hmm. one. And that's kind of what Andre Ward did. And much respect to Andre Ward, he didn't come back, but he was the best in the world at that weight division See, and, and left millions on the table. So, and here's where I wouldn't be mad with Pacquiao doing pulling a Floyd Mayweather type thing, you know, maybe rematching somebody like, I don't know, maybe a Jeff Horn, you know, or maybe something that's not going to be so much of a danger yeah, yeah. And, and still make millions of dollars off of it because people are still going to watch Manny fight. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. So, so what names would you guys not want to see Manny get in the ring with? Earl Spence. Oh, the top welterweights. Earl Spence. He, he, he should fight uh, Jesse Vargas again. He should fight Adrian <laughs> Broner again. <laughs> he should just fight Conor McGregor, make the millions, yeah. get no. the payday. Is that the only name, Stacks? Just Errol Spence? Is there anybody else? You know, well, Errol Spence, we don't even know the condition of Errol Spence mm-hmm. and how he will return to form. You can make, you can make an argument that uh, we won't see a peak version of Errol Spence again. Mm-hmm. We don't really know that until he returns to the ring, right? So Errol Spence is kind of a hard one. Like at this point, it's really just I hope Errol recovers and comes back and makes a good fight of it, right? For anyone else, like I, you notice Terrence Crawford is not ever on Manny Pacquiao's radar and has not been for years, for years, right? So like even when he was fighting with top rank in partnership with Bob Arum, Terrence <clears throat> Crawford was still not under consideration by Manny. And when he when he lists people he's going to fight, Terrence is kind of out the window. So I think at the end of the day, it's kind of you know, people like your Danny Garcia's or some spectacle like like a Conor McGregor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for me I wouldn't want to see him against either Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford. I think it's yeah, they're they're too in their prime, too young, too too strong in a way. I would like to see him against Mikey. I think that's a, a, a fight that's that a would be style wise entertaining. Not not too dangerous for, for Manny. Again, like you guys said, I feel like he's already proven whatever he like he's already proven He's already on, on overtime, the way Lily says it. So I think that would be a style match that, w- that, would, that would be enticing, that wouldn't be too high risk that, and too dangerous. It depends, <coughs> I think, on how Mikey performs, though. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's got a fight in front of him right here that's not a sure thing for a couple reasons. So you look at it and you go, we got to wait and see. No, that's a sure thing. Bro. Right? <laughs> it's Jesse Vargas. Come on. That's Sax's homeboy. You better watch out, man. <laughs> Jesse Vargas. Start a real fight. Jesse got beat up by Broner, dog. Broner was throwing 10 punches in each round. Jesse won the first half of the fight, I think, against Adrian Broner and then yeah. lost the second half of the fight. So yeah. he, he actually was kind of he was on his way on to, show. to coasting to victory. Yeah, he almost beat me up, actually. <laughs> Tell him I didn't mean anything by it. Should have stood up for yourself, Sean. <laughs> I, told him, I told him what I meant. I clarified. <laughs> I'll direct this question to Stax. If, if Jesse Vargas does come out victorious, what are the keys to victory for him against Mikey? I think that he has to... He has to turn it into a phone booth style fight. I think he has to close the gap on Mikey and fight on the inside. He's bigger. Hurt him, you know. Mm-hmm. Put him up against the ropes. Go to the body. Hey, hey. <laughs> it happens every show. Against the ropes. <laughs> no, I, I, I think he has to do that. Um, either that, or he could even box from the outside. He's taller. He's got the reach. I mean, if he pulls an Earl Spence on him and just sits out there and boxes Mikey and doesn't mm-hmm. allow Mikey to to get inside, I'm. Yeah, see, I'm glad you, you know? said it that way because. 
everybody talked about the size disadvantage that Mikey had going into that fight and how much bigger Errol Spence was. Bullshit. And, well, I will say that he was bigger. I'm sure he is stronger. But he won because he outboxed Mikey Garcia. Exactly. He, so he wasn't leaning on him with size. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like uh, but the size pushing helps. him around. The size helps. Sure, though. it doesn't. It, <laughs> the lane. Agreed. The reach. It helps in the sense that uh, there's power and there's it, it can impact yeah, your ability to Errol take a punch. wouldn't do that against a 154 pounder or a 160 pounder, which are guys. But his Mikey size. is not though. But I'm saying he, he wouldn't do that against a guy his size. But at the end of the day, what was it that, that Mikey lost from? Was it Errol's size? Is that really what it's you think? It's a part of it. No. No, yeah. Have it, sure it is. It. Sure no. it is. No, I think it does. <laughs> because mean, it, it does for two reasons. One is because it impacts the power of your punches. It's like saying Lomachenko's size didn't have an advantage over Regal. He's the first one to tell you that that was a factor in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. You but think, I, I think... You it, think so? You think, you think that you think that Loma's size was a factor over Regal? It was one of the factors. One of the factors. Skills, I, I, skills was the most. Skills. He's, he's a lot you more skillful. Say, you but can't say it's one of the factors. You can't say that it's not a factor, right? Because it, it is like it height is, is you a could factor. Take a, you could take size a better is a punch. Factor. All right. those things are factors. But the question is, Shaq is, was good, but he what had was the size best advantage over everybody? Main, yeah, is what that was the main factor? That Mikey Garcia lost. Like those were no. It was not. He was just outboxed. He was outboxed. He lost. He was just. Errol Spence was better on the day. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. I mean, same thing. Like, same thing with Manny and Oscar De La Hoya. Everybody, oh Manny, you know, Oscar's, on, Oscar's so big. Oscar was so, forty-five. What are you Oscar's talking so about? So big, this and that. It's it's about skills. skills. It's about skills, yeah. man. Like Rigondeau. The, the the truth of the matter is, when you look at Rigondeau and Lomachenko, is size a factor? Yes. Was Lomachenko winning by using uh, by over? abusing his size was he leaning all over Rigondeau was he pushing him around was he doing that no the truth is he stood there and he boxed his ass off right Mm -hmm. that's what happened that's exactly what Errol Spence did to Mikey Garcia but it makes it a lot more easy a lot more easy when you're bigger yeah well you know why because the truth is the truth of the matter is in all combat sports not just in boxing there is no sport or discipline where it is made for small people to be able to beat up big people who are equally as skilled as them, Yeah. right? Yeah. It just does not work that way. If you have two men who are equally schooled, mm-hmm. right, and one is small and one is big, the big one has a lot of advantage in that fight, and that is true against Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence. But the point is, is in order for that to be an advantage, they have to be equally skilled. Yeah. It's, it's not an advantage if you suck compared to your opponent. Yeah. To me, that, <laughs> this fight was uh, to me that fight was mentally draining for Maggie because like there, there's this guy outboxing you and that's what you're known for your boxing. Yeah, and then you're like, man, he's just outboxing he's just me, sticking if, a jab on me all seemed, day long. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like if he wanted to, he could impose his size, but he wasn't really using that, you yeah. know, that 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 other facet of his game. So yeah, so in, in, I agree with you in the sense that yeah, when two people have equal training, if we're of equal skill, but I'm bigger than you, I have a huge advantage. Right. If you're way more skilled than me, it's not really a huge advantage. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's it's they were either equally or more skilled than Mikey Garcia and Rigondeau, respectively. When I think of size, I think of Delaoya Hopkins, where in the first uh, beginning of the match, Delaoya was outboxing him, smaller man outboxing the bigger man, but then the size. Yeah. Well, you could see, like for instance, Triple very G recently. <laughs> Franchon Cruz, uh-huh. right? That fight is very much about an individual who has a yes. massive size advantage, mm-hmm. right? Because and and that's someone who's using that size advantage. Someone who also did this, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., <laughs> is someone who utilized a size advantage. How did he do it? He walked right through punches. He's not a better boxer than Andy Lee, 
-hmm. right? He's not a better boxer than Andy Lee, but he mm -hmm. won. Why did he win? Because hey, he's Chavez huge. isn't that bad, dude. But Come it's not on, better man. than Andy Lee. That's not, I, I, <laughs> I feel didn't like say people was, disrespect the no, skill. I, I, he's I'm just not, saying not he's applied. Bad. He's not focused. Yeah, but I think he's pretty good. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not <laughs> better than than Andy Lee. Is my opinion yeah. at boxing, yeah. right? But he won. Why did he win? Because he's has this tremendous size advantage, mm -hmm. and he used it by walking through punches, eating punches until someone gets so tired that all you have and to do is land. And he almost got Sergio. Yeah, and he almost got Sergio the same way, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just just walk and take the punches the whole fight, and then land one that matters. <laughs> same thing. That's with not what happened though with Errol Spence, and that's why I think it's yeah. different. That did not happen with Rigondeau. That's not what happened. They were outboxed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. talk about size again. Look at Better Beef and Vodzik. Oh yeah. You know, they, that's true. Yeah, that's both. True. Both, you know, equally skilled, but better be was just the He's bigger, scary. stronger bigger guy. That, yeah. that guy's just scary. A bigger guy. But yeah, it uh, that's when it manifests. Yeah, yeah. I got a question for you guys. Do you guys have better beef in your top ten pound for pound after that performance, or slightly outside? Question. I I haven't really taken the time to sit down and and do a top ten pound yeah. for pound to be yeah. honest, because I, it's so that. subjective. <laughs> it is so yeah. subjective yeah. that uh, you know we're talking about how people are who are never going to fight stack up against yeah. other, you know i don't think it should be that subjective though but it really is because the resume the <laughs> all the fights are on paper yeah but if you look at if you well first of all but you what constitutes a pound for pound for you hmm? might i said what yeah. constitute a pound for pound for you might not constitute what it means to us what does it mean? What's the you definition? Sound like a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Every you sound same. like a boxing and, judge. And that's the other thing is everybody's resume is on paper, and the the point is is that if I want to make a case or not make a case for it, I can do that by dissecting someone's resume on paper. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear people do it all the time with Canelo Alvarez with Floyd Mayweather. They'll yeah. point to these fights and these ones were hand picked, and this one was too early, and that one was too late, and this one was, and for that reason, I give it to someone else. So the fact that everything's on paper is never enough because yeah. we're going to disagree about. You know, plenty mm -hmm. of things, even though they're in the record book straight. Well, yeah, but that one was early yeah. and that one was late. And this guy was handpicked and this guy didn't matter. Oh, and he lost to Salido. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he lost to Salido. There's, there's, that's a, probably one of the best examples. Yeah. I could say oh. Lomachenko's top five pound for pound. And, and anybody who wants to argue against it is just going to go, yeah, but he lost to Salido. He was too big for Rigondeau. Uh, he picked a, knocked out Anthony Corolla in this fight. And then fight. you just say, who has right. two Olympic gold medals? And <laughs> yeah. then they shut up. <laughs> no, but it, they don't shut up. Yeah. That's the point. That's why the, it's subjective. He went the distance <laughs> with Pedraza, and, and Davis knocked him out. Yeah, Davis knocked out Pedraza. Uh, and like, Loma so, could There's so many different things that you hear for each one of these <laughs> that it, it just makes it so entirely subjective. Like, I can say that if you tell me that you think Canelo... Terrence Crawford or Lomachenko are in the top pound for pound fighters three. Mm -hmm. I, okay. Right. Those, they're all excellent, right? They're very, mm -hmm. they're all great fighters. Yeah. Like I, I get it. So like, I think at the end of the day, uh, I'm not too picky on like top 10 or not top 10. I think the only person that I'd never understood for a very long time is Anthony Joshua. Hmm. Uh, why is he not? Why is he? Why was he in the top 10? Yeah. I had a hard Olympic time. Gold medal. Yeah. He beat Klitschko. He beat, Dillian White, he yeah, has a pretty good this, resume. Th th yeah, <laughs> but that's, it's pound for pound, I don't think of about resume. The, the idea is that if you are all the same size, so if all fighters, this mm -hmm. is how I interpret it. Yeah, okay. I interpret it as if all fighters were yeah. equally the same size, uh -huh. mm -hmm. how would these people rank against each other? Yeah. And the truth is, is that when it comes to Anthony Joshua, He'll right? fuck a lot of people he up. He is always, <laughs> always the bigger man, yeah. right? So it's <laughs> he's hard to he's imagine always him. the bigger man. He's yeah. always the biggest guy in the ring, mm -hmm. right? And so at the end of the day, you go, okay, if you equalize him and he was Lomachenko's size, 
who's a better boxer? Well, then well, Lomachenko is a better boxer, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so, I can make the same so case you, about you Errol look, Spence. You know, you could. He's a bigger guy against every welterweight. Yeah, he's so, fighting two weight classes below his real. I agree, but by, by that same token, I could also tell you that Deontay Wilder, though, is 212 pounds and fighting men who have 50 pounds on him. When Mikey Garcia moves up... Well, you could say he's in better shape than they are. When when Mikey Garcia moves up seven Uh pounds, we have a fit, right? And we think it's the craziest thing that he's ever done in his career. Mm -hmm. When Deontay Wilder's 212 pounds and he fights a man who's 250, we go, he's a heavyweight. That doesn't matter, right? So so it's... (laughs) That's why it's so subjective. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, subjective. It's a little bit tough for the, for the heavyweights because they most of the time they only have that division to to, to you yeah know, to get they don't go up and down. It. Yeah, no heavyweight ever goes up and down. So when how I, do they make the pound for pound list yeah, unless yeah. you're naturally a super small guy? Yeah, when I think of, of pound for pound, I, I I tend to think about the divisions like if they're you know if they Multiple start at one champions. and they go up and they win and titles. And is Adrian Broner in your? Was he once upon a time in your pound for pound since once he was? Going up divisions and winning titles? I, I wouldn't say he was in my top 10, but maybe top 15 at one time. At one time, maybe. I don't like that argument. But so who do you have on the list there? Who's number one? Okay, so Canelo? I have Canelo number one. Okay. And so one of those is resume. Gio, you no know, argument. Resume. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Vasil Lomachenko. Okay, no, no argument. argument. Okay, number three, Alexander Usyk. I used to have him three. Yeah. Number four, I have uh, Naoya Inoue. Yeah. Okay. Number five, I have Errol Spence Jr. Number we're, we're getting out of here yeah. just by virtue of the fact that Terrence Crawford is not in your top five. Yes, so, and so I'll tell you he why he shouldn't be. He <laughs> is not ranked number one I'll in this division. I'll tell you why. I used to have him. I used to have him number two, number three. Uh, just another criteria that I have for pound for pound for pound is what have you done lately? Okay. And so who has Terrence Crawford fought? So, That's my question. So number six, I have Terrence Crawford. Who has okay. he fought? Six. Number seven. What do you I mean? Have, who has he fought? Who has he fought? He was an undisputed 140-pound world champion. Who did he fight to win those titles? See, I hate that argument because he won like three fights to get all the titles against guys who had a couple losses. The thing that I don't understand, (laughs) though, is like, okay, so I I get what you're saying, right? Usyk should be ranked above him because he has an Olympic gold medal and he did the undisputed Usyk was an undisputed (laughs) champion as well. They're the (laughs) only two on the list. But since he doesn't fight for ESPN, the thing that I don't agree with, Gio, is you make it sound like it's easy, but if it was easy, everybody would do it and nobody has done it. There's only two guys on that entire list who have done, done it, it. Yeah. right? Okay. And that's and that's Terrence Crawford and Alexander Usyk. So, so if it's so that... easy and you don't have to beat anybody, okay. you don't you, you just beat nobodies and get yeah, your yeah. undisputed championship. We just hand them out like they're fucking. Does cannons. that make them better fighters like, than other guys? Excuse my language. <laughs> Does that make them better fighter than all those guys? Because it is he an beat guys who weren't really highly ranked in the world. Yeah, like. But what I'm. What do you mean? What do you mean? Hold on. But who's beat him? Hold on. When you say they're not highly ranked in the world, all those guys who are highly ranked in the world. What are you talking about? In that division. (laughs) In that division. I'm talking about as a whole. They're they're the highest ranked fighters in the the division. Can you say that Usyk like beat the top fighters at cruiserweight? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah just did. just like Terence Crawford beat the top fighters yeah. at 140 I think, pounds. No, no, no. I don't think you're understanding the question. <laughs> I I agree that Terence Crawford. I I disagree with Gio. I believe um, Postol and Ongo. They were these guys were highly rated at that moment at that time. Yeah, at that of moment, of course so, they were. They were so the highest I, rated I do, fighters in the world. I do give him props for um, you know getting the division together, becoming disputed. I had him, I think I had him two, three at one point. He Maybe beat a lot won. of guys who won vacant titles. Yeah, with me, it's just... <laughs> well, people with don't me, look at that stuff. <laughs> with okay, me, it's like, just like, okay. what have you done lately? And he hasn't, you know, competed with his best elite win against, Let me just say his one thing. His best win not, was against a 122-pound guy. But that's not, that's not his fault that he hasn't had this elite-level, you know, fights let, let me that, just, he's, that he's... We clearly know he wants. True, but let me let me he just... He doesn't have the resume of 
Okay. Almost any Let of me those just guys say one thing. This 10. is a perfect example. So you remember I told you you can look at anyone's resume and you can uh -huh. start dissecting and discrediting yeah. or favoring people based on their resume. This is a really good example mm -hmm. because that's effectively what you're doing. Mikey Garcia picked up one of his belts off of Sergey Lipinets who at the time had only 13 professional fights and never held a world title and he picked up a vacant belt. Yet we sit He's here. Better and we than do, all the all, and, all and of we, Crawford's and, opponents. That's I'm debatable. Sure. <laughs> that's debatable. Like he hasn't gone on to accomplish remarkable things yet in his career. Now he's. He, I mean, he he could be good. But what I'm saying is, is you're more critical, for instance, of Terence Crawford than it sounds like you are of a Mikey Garcia. At the How? end of the day, Mikey Garcia beat a lot of killers before that. Okay, like who? Orlando Saliba. <laughs> <laughs> Juan Ma Lopez. Who else did he beat? Ma. Pull it up. Uh, he's got a he Broner. He's got knockout of the year. Broner. Broner. Those three names are better than anybody trash in Broner earlier. List. So you guaranteed. Think, you think Terrence Crawford? Look it up. You can look it up all you, you want. You, you, Do you your think, homework. So you think Terrence <laughs> Crawford? Homework. You think Terrence Crawford would not tune up Adrian Broner? I'm not saying that. Of he hasn't he. showed it. So so how can you so judge somebody if they haven't showed it? How are you gonna feel if by chance Postal stops or beats Ramirez next Saturday in China? Yeah. What's, how's that going to change your opinion of Crawford? It no it's way. Not. It's not. <laughs> it wouldn't. Right? Because you're subjected crazy. Yeah. against Crawford. This is, yeah. this is Ramirez at his prime. At, this at is the end of the day, you can, I, you can pick apart anyone's resume. I could mm -hmm. look at Canelo's resume and pick it apart. Yeah. People pick apart Floyd's all the time. But the but truth they have is, names. But the Crawford, truth is, you need some names. At the end of the day, Terrence Crawford has accomplished things in this sport that most fighters never do in their <clears> entire <throat> career. Yeah. And most of the people on that list will not do. Yeah. Right, so there is a very good chance With, that Canelo they can do it. That so, doesn't. Mean, it's easy, right? We just hand it out like candy. All they have to do they, is just go fight. Are some, you telling me Canelo people. can't be anybody in 160? No, I'm telling you that by the end of his career, <laughs> there is a very good chance he has never been an undisputed champion. That doesn't make him any better or any. It is an accomplishment. Better. What do you mean? I'm not saying it makes anyone You're better or worse. I'm saying it's an accomplishment. <laughs> I didn't say he's better than Canelo. That's your only argument for Crawford that he's undisputed, right? My only argument? No, <laughs> dude. That's not when my he beat Postal, yeah, Postal was just coming off a big win of, of Matisse. He had just knocked out Matisse, yeah. made him quit. Okay, at the one great center, right? win. I'm not saying it's not one, one great win. win. To, to was, be clear, he had zero defenses of his title. I wasn't saying <laughs> that he's better than Canelo. I no, wasn't I'm saying that I'm he's better piss, than Canelo. I'm gonna piss this guy off right now because I'm gonna use a name which is one of his favorite fighters, right? Uh huh. Who do you think's a better fighter, man, Crawford or, or Cotto? Who? Crawford or Cotto? Crawford. Better than, than Cotto, right? Yeah. Because who did Cotto really beat, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. Such a, a recency right? bias. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, man, because, I mean, if you want to look at resumes, you can look yeah. at resumes all you want. Mm -hmm. And if you go down Cotto's yeah, resumes, I don't, I don't he rate, lost every big fight. I don't big rate fight, yeah. Cotto very highly. What, what do you mean lost every big See, this is... He beat okay. Shane Mosley. That was his best Here's win. why it's subjective. Here's why it's subjective. When you say every nah, big fight... people are too biased to fucking admit the facts. What facts? You got to beat somebody, Crawford. Beat somebody. You... All right, he beat Postal. Cool, I'll give you one name. What else? You mean aside from Jeff Horn coming I mean, off you're a win struggling Manny Pacquiao? Here. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean aside from Jeff Horn, who beat Manny Pacquiao, the Jeff guy who okay. just beat Jeff the, Horn, that's the number second, one welterweight that's in the world. That's your second name, Jeff Horn. Right? All right so aside from Amir Khan... He beat Jeff Horn. Who else he beat? <laughs> Amir Khan doesn't count. No. 
Okay. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, see, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who I name okay. because you're just going to tell me they don't me. count. Because this guy's so, mind well, ain't going to well, change. If he doesn't There's... like Crawford, his, his mind isn't going to change. You just got to look at the facts. No, but they're. N- you got to look at the facts. The things that you consider facts, like for instance, you say he never beat any of his big fights. There are fights that are his big fights, and at the time, they're against undefeated opponents who are big names and they're big fights. But in retrospect, you look back now and go, that wasn't a big fight because it was against Pauli Malinaji. Only Pauli Malinaji was good. undefeated at the time mm-hmm. when Cotto fought him and beat him, yeah. right? And you can go through that and you'll see that there's a bunch of times where Cotto's fighting someone 23-0, and 22-0. Yeah. Those are the biggest fights of his career at that point. Meaning in his career, that's the biggest fight. Pauli Malinaji, biggest fight of his career at that point, <clears throat> right? Yeah. But now you look back at it and go, oh, that was Pauli Malinaji. It wasn't a big fight. It was big. It was big at the time that it happened, mm-hmm. right? Like, like look at Ricky Hatton. People always say like, "Oh, it's no big deal." Floyd beats Ricky Hatton, he right? Was Rick, right? Ricky Hatton was Ricky Hatton was an undefeated 140-pound yeah. champion, yeah. right? Yeah. When he was beaten, like Robert Guerrero was an undefeated two-division world champion when he was beaten. Mm-hmm. These guys, like we we look at it now, oh, Robert Robert Guerrero. That's how yeah. people react to it, right? But the truth yeah, is, because he had never fought at 147. No, he, he had did one fight at 140. No, he fought at 147 <laughs> against, mm-hmm. against Andre Maybe Berto. Fight. Berto. No, that was 140. Are you sure about that? I think that was 47, brother. Can we look it up? Because Berto wasn't at 47 at the time. Fact check. (laughs) Can I get a fact check? Robert Guerrero was (laughs) 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 going No, but you cannot. You you have to be at least ranked number one in your division to be at least in the top five. No, but my my point is with this. And he's not. It's easy for people, you know, stacks for you to look back at someone's career and say, yeah, that fight wasn't meaningful or that's not a big fight or that wasn't a big opponent. But the truth is, at the time they occurred, they were. Mm-hmm. You look back at them now and you we criticize get it. them. Jeff Horn was a killer, Sean. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Horn had just beat Manny Pacquiao. Yep. Yeah. Manny All Pacquiao, right. who at 40 years old, just reclaimed a welterweight world championship. Yeah. yeah that yeah. guy. Speaking about Manny Pacquiao, I have him at number seven. Manny Pacquiao, number seven. Seven. And it's because of what he's done. He you fought know, Guerrero at 47. 47? Yeah, Boom. <laughs> number eight, Gennady Golovkin. I think he's falling off a little bit, and he's obviously not, you know, in his prime anymore. But I have him at number eight, number nine, Mikey Garcia. I think he fell off a little bit, you know, just taking that loss. But not he doesn't lose a lot. He lost to, you know, a great, uh, uh, a top, a top fighter in uh, Errol Spence. And number ten, I have Arthur Betterib. I think he, you know, kind of upset that you're creating an apple card, and he kind of made a stamp in that division, which I don't think anybody can touch him at that division. But um, ten and honorable mention for eleventh is a. Uh, uh, Gaito Estrada. I was a, a little uh, undecided about who's at the top ten, but I think that's pretty respectable list thus far. Of course, it's all subjective, you know. It's all subjective, but most yeah. of those names. Are, so, is your opinion that Terrence Crawford shouldn't even be on that list? On top ten? Yeah, he should be on there, five through ten somewhere. Okay. <laughs> to me, that <laughs> we're was, off by like two positions, and yeah, this guy's but, biting but, my but head you, off. But you threw yeah. his list off because he wasn't in the top five. I said when he's he losing. He has no merit to be in the top five. He's losing. He has no merit to be in the top five. To me, he's like to me, he's four through six. I just think he hasn't just done uh, his career the last two years. What has done is not his fault. It's not his fault. I think his career. It's BBC that's keeping those fights. You watch too much ESPN, Sean. His career is not all not all unlike Alexander Usyk's as a professional. Now, admittedly, Usyk also has the Olympics and the amateur yeah. pedi- and all that stuff. But in terms of their professional careers, they're not all dissimilar. They went through and they unified a division where I would assert that you can't name most of the people who are in that division at the time that they unified it. 
became undisputed world champions. He's gone on to heavyweight, has not proved anything at heavyweight. He had one fight at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. He got hit a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Knocked a guy out. Well, you know why? That's all he's done. Because that's all he's done. How many fights does Crawford have at 47? Three? Three. Yeah. Three against Jeff None of the top five at all. Nowhere near. And Benavides. What, what do you mean none of the top? He beat a world champion. Oh, my God. We get it. Jeff Horn is a killer. We get it. No. <laughs> you don't have uh, they Taylor just have... Ramirez on your list anywhere? Who? Josh Taylor or Jose Ramirez? Josh, uh, that's close. That's Man, like 12-13. See, like So Regis, Josh... Regis wasn't a name, right? That's one. Oh, no. Josh Taylor. <laughs> that is one. What okay. about... Uh, He's a what unified about... champion. That I mean, is one. No, no. Josh Taylor. Or whatever. So, so, like, somebody from 40. That's then. a cute name and all, but you got... What about Ivan? Name. What about Ivan Briente? Yeah, that was Taylor. Good... Taylor arguably has a, has a case at Fighter of the Year this year. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, so, I like, you look at it, and he beat... He started the year without a title belt in 2019 mm-hmm. and beat two undefeated fighters that he was the underdog against. Canelo oh, yeah. just beat people that we thought he would beat already. Like, it's not <laughs> his fault. He's so good, dude. Right? How is this I'm his not fault? saying it's his fault. <laughs> Who said it's his fault? No, what I'm said saying it's his fault, man. I, you're very sensitive. I realize when I bring <laughs> up when I bring up no, Canelo, because you can say I the should, same thing about Mayweather. He I should beat, stop using like, him. That shouldn't be used example. against him. Like should, Mayweather, he, I, he beat all the guys. He I can see that I should stop using Canelo as an example. Uh, no, Josh Taylor, <laughs> makes a case, Josh Taylor makes a case for the top 10. I, he, I should, actually, he could have made fighter of the year in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'll be honest. I thought Progre was going to win that match. Uh, I was very surprised. A lot of people did. A lot you know, of people that, did. That, that, the, the skill that he showed plus the, the, the heart and will because that, yeah. that was a heart and will kind of match. Look, in one year, the guy won a world title, mm-hmm. unified that world title against two undefeated yeah. fighters that, he was, that were favored against him. And uh, and won the the WBSS guy mm-hmm. got the Muhammad Ali trophy. That's more than any other fighter at that level really accomplished yeah. in one year's time. Yeah. Right? I, so. <laughs> yeah. I, well, if if uh, Ramirez and um, and Taylor do fight, that's a you're going to unify division. Uh, would, would it be undisputed or no? Or is there a vacant title still mm. out there? That's no. Ramirez title. has them both, right? Has them both. Yeah. Josh I think Taylor. there's a title at f- another title at forty though. That's out there. That's out there. Isn't huh? it two? They don't have two and two right now. I believe so, but I might be mistaken. I'm probably missing someone who's obvious, but yeah, because the winner of this one would get the same accolades that Usyk and uh, and Crawford have. Yeah, and obviously so this is like what have you done lately? Those guys yeah. would skyrocket up there. But I, I to in in what way are they? So basically, the reason that those two careers are so dissimilar to you is because Usyk has only had one fight at heavyweight, and Crawford has had three fights at. Welterweight. I'm not talking about careers. I'm talking about recently. <laughs> what have you done lately? I oh, guess. okay. Yeah. Oh, Usyk slipped down on my list because he hasn't. He didn't do much last year. Crawford hasn't yeah. done much in the past couple of years. Yeah. I still aside th- from winning welterweight world title. Yeah. I'll, Jeff I'll go, Horn. I'll go on record. Horn. I'll go on record. I'll say. I'll say that I, I do believe Terence Crawford is the best welterweight. I do think if he does fight Errol Spence, Errol Spence does have a size advantage. Very skilled, but I. I I think the dog in Terrence Crawford like beats him. I think, in my opinion, I agree. Yeah. So I haven't ranked a little bit lower. You know right my now. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ranked a little bit lower, but just because of the powers that be, the matches that haven't been made. I know Gio doesn't like when we say that, but it's it's oh, the excuses. Truth. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Errol Spence on my phone. I haven't fought anybody. This is like a really. Uh, <laughs> Errol Spence is just a really he, sensitive topic. You know, because I feel like people are so, so brainwashed that so they don't actually look at the facts. Gio, it's not my fault I haven't fought anybody, right? But then you say something about Canelo. It's not his and fault that, he fought that, that guy. Exactly. 
It's not his <laughs> fault he fought the, the worst, uh, you know, the guy at 175. It's That's, not Canelo's fault. This is why you could pick oh, apart man. anyone's. I, I could go t- tear to pieces Sugar Ray Robinson's resume and tell you that, mm. you know, but it's I mean, there's no point. Go for it. Especially I want to hear it. No, <laughs> for real. What I mean is I hear you can. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually not all that yeah. difficult to do, but at the end of the day, the point is, is he's an exceptional fighter. Yeah. Canelo's an exceptional fighter. Mm-hmm. Alexander Usyk, the guys that we're talking about, they're exceptional fighters. They're not just good, yeah. right? Like, they're not just good. They're great fighters, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and that's why I think in terms of, like, ranking them individually, these are guys who can never really compete against each other conceivably mm-hmm. most of the time. And is anyone really going to look at that list and go, no, those guys aren't great fighters. Canelo doesn't belong in there. You know what I mean? Except for Geo throwing out Terrence Crawford. <laughs> I think uh, I'm just kidding. Gio. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the point is, is like, I, I can't imagine that anybody's going to look at that list and do anything other than go, oh, I think this guy should be high, 11 high. and someone else should crack the top. Throw out his list, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't throw out his list. Yeah. What what Davis say when he fought uh, this cat? Oh, yeah. When he fought Gamboa, right? What he say? He said that if, if I beat Gamboa more impressively than Terrence Crawford, then I belong in the top 10 pound per pound. Mm. Right. <laughs> well, he didn't even beat him more impressively than Robinson Castellano. So right. Robinson Castellano. Top you know, 10 pound for pound. Should he be right. a top 10? Exactly. You know, I mean, where does that put him with Robinson? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you already know I said I'm a fun guy. Shout out to Against the Ropes. You know what my mine is? Let's box bitches. It's almost fight night. Shout out to Against the Ropes. Thank you for the support. Keep doing your thing. You're doing a great job. So thank you and best wishes. Huge, huge, huge shout out to Against the Ropes. Against the Ropes. Shout out to Against the Ropes. Thank you guys for uh, the interview and uh, hope to see you guys soon. Against the Ropes, always doing the right thing. Uh, shout out to Against the Ropes